Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to The Heart of Poker sponsored by 8 at 8 Poker. It's a podcast that looks into the personal side of the poker personalities we often see on our screens. I use a modified list of the questions from the 36 questions to fall in love study, developed about 25 years ago by psychologists as part of an experiment to see if they could make total strangers fall in love with a kind of shortcut for getting to know someone on a deeper level fast. My guest this time is Greg Merson, 2012 World Series of Poker main event champion, great poker pro, and all around nice guy. I was so glad that I got to be part of the broadcast for the year that he won the main. There was something really special about that one, and I'm sure he'd agree. Thanks for coming on, Greg. How's life been treating you over the past 10 years? Uh, good. Uh, no complaints, and thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, you are part of one of my favorite ever uh, photos that was taken by the official photographer at the World Series just after you'd won. There is something about like just the emotion on your face, the fact that you were really feeling it, that you'd just become the champion that, I don't know, I've always found really kind of beautiful, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still just love poker so much, and I I feel like poker has saved my life mm. in, in many ways, and it still keeps me um, f- feeling fulfilled and and just like going down the right path. So, mm. uh, I mean, honestly, even if it happened today, I I feel like I'd have the same type of emotional reaction. I love that. Does it feel like it's because it's been actually almost exactly a decade since you lifted that bracelet? Does it feel like ten years? Um, probably, I guess, uh, <laughs> like I, yeah, I, it's tough to say, like, I, I still don't think about it too much. Yeah. Um, other than like when the events actually happening. Gotcha. Um, I pretty much text my family every year that I'm playing in it that I can't believe I won this cause it's just so many people. It seems impossible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, I'm still like very focused on poker, so I, f- I feel like I won't let it necessarily set in too much until I'm actually uh, like somewhat retired. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Well, our questions are broken into three sets. They get a little progressively more personal as we go through. You've kind of said everything is on the table to talk about. The questions are a little more predetermined. So let's kind of just start and see where we go. What do you think? Awesome. Let's go. Okay. Um, the first one, pretty easy. Do you believe in love at first sight? Hmm. Mm, I, I guess. Yes. Okay. So like, do you feel like you've ever fallen in love at first sight or is it like a personal experience thing? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think like, uh, I guess it's something well, it's it's a tough lens to to look through now that I've been married five years and been with my wife for ten years. Right. Yeah. Um, and with kids and everything too. Yeah. So it's tough to like put myself back in that position. Yeah. Um, like I wouldn't say that I was in love at first sight with with my wife. I mean, I we met when we were f- fifteen. Wow. So it was it was like it was a high school crush. <laughs> um, but you don't really like have those emotions or most people don't have the ability to, uh, feel those emotions for real at that age. Um, so just personal experience for me would be that I believe in it, but I don't think it's ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. What about with your kids? Cause I know a lot of people will say that like, for me, I'll be honest, like I love my child more than anything in the entire world. And I, you know, gave birth to her, 
but the first time I saw her, I mean, I knew that she was going to be there. So I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel like I fell in love with her at first sight, which is kind of a story that we tell people that that's going to happen to you. So it was a little strange for me when that didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for, for me, the, my, with my first child, I didn't feel that instant connection mm. for several months. Um, cause, cause I guess just as a male, you don't realize how little they can do in the infant right. stage yeah. and there's no, there's no interaction. So you're not getting like the dopamine back mm-hmm. from them, like smiling at you or looking at you or any, they're kind of just like a, like a blob yep. for a while. They are. Yeah. Um, so with my second, I like really appreciated that stage and, and loved it because I knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. So for the first one, it was tough. And for the second one, it was like love at first sight. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I think it does take kind of learning experience, honestly. It certainly did for me. I know it does for a lot of people. Okay. Another question here. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Um, probably that I just get to do what I love every day. Um, like, I've never felt like poker is work. Um, like, I, I, I call it work. I'll refer to it as work. Like, I'll say uh, I'm working tomorrow and stuff like that, but it doesn't feel like work. And it's, it's easy to get lost in the, uh, I think like after you've been doing this for a long time, it's easy to get lost in the, um, in, in the, uh, like grind, I guess, Mm. and and not appreciate that you're, that you're playing a game for a living and that (laughs) like, the income can be very good. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like a lot of guys can kind of sneeze at the, the income and they're like, Oh, you're people are surprised. I'm still grinding poker. <laughs> um, what well, I, I don't really like consider it a grind, even though I love the grind. Like I love the process of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I don't, it's funny because using the word grind sounds like a bad term, but but I, I view it through a positive lens and just appreciate the uh, the experience of of the journey. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about this one? If you woke up tomorrow and you could have any ability in the world, so it doesn't even have to be a realistic one. You could even have a superpower if you want. What would it be? What one ability do you wish that you could have? Uh, like the ability to sleep less and just have, have more energy. I feel really? like a lot of people, Man. well, I would say, uh, I feel like a lot of parents would, um, yeah, would relate to that. For so sure. My wife can run on a lot less sleep than me. Mm. And, um, on a lot of my poker days, I, uh, take naps cause I just can't really recover the same way. And I've never been someone that can just have a lot of caffeine right. and just keep powering through. So yeah, it would definitely be just to have more energy. Right. You know, I think I'd go the other way. I think if I could have an ability related to sleep, it would be to fall asleep immediately and stay asleep until it was time to wake up. Like no, okay. like messing around with worrying about, you know, not falling asleep or too many thoughts in your head. For me, that would just be like, 
amazing. And then you'd have the ability to nap whenever you wanted as well. You could, you know, like do a 20 minute power nap. Easy. Boom. Done. Yeah. I'm like a professional napper. I can have coffee three, four hours later, take a, uh, like a, like a short caffeine nap. Wow. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I've gotten really good at that. Okay. So. Um, when did you last sing either to yourself or to someone else? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm always like singing to my kids. So, I mean, probably 10 minutes before the podcast started <laughs> to my daughter as she's getting ready for camp. Nice. What kind of stuff do you sing? I was just making up a song because she was crying, putting on her uh, uh, sunscreen. So I was just <laughs> trying to keep her happy. Oh. I was just completely made up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I, I would say the last song I can remember singing to her is Akuna Matata because she's obsessed with Lion King right now. Oh, wow. That's a pretty cool movie to be obsessed with. Yeah. My four-year-old is has not seen it yet, but she's seen like pictures and like the characters and she is a little bit obsessed with it as well. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is about them. They, she just, I mean, they all look very friendly. I guess there is that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So let's. Sorry, let's talk about, since you talked about being a dad, let's talk about your family as well. Is there anything that you would change about the way that you were raised? No, because I think it made me who I am. Like, I, I think my dad was quite hard on me in a lot of ways, but it made me very hardworking mm. and and um, like, a, like a fierce competitor and traits about myself that I hope my kids have mm-hmm. one day. Um, so I'm definitely raising them differently and more laid back. So I don't know if they'll end up having the same type of drive that I have. Right. Growing up with like a very intense father figure who was very competitive and um, coached all my sports teams. Mm. So, uh, yeah, when you grow up the coach's son, it's, it's, a, it's a tough tough way to, um, it's just a unique experience. Um, yeah. I imagine there's like nowhere to hide because you're like, you are their son. So the whole team looks at you as well as, you know, you go home with your coach. (laughs) There's nowhere to like, let it go, put it down. Yeah. They're all, they're always going to coach you harder. Um, I guess there's some instances where they'll play favoritism and coach you, uh, less hard Mm. than than the, the rest of the team. But I've, in my experience, in most cases, the uh, the coach's son has like a lot more pressure on them, and um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't change anything. Um, it definitely was a lot for me to work through as an adult to figure out to work backwards and um, go through some issues. Like everyone has issues um, to work through. Mm-hmm. Uh, from their childhood, uh, like no one's raised perfectly. Um, True. So, I uh, yeah, I I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think figuring that out is such an important part of growing up. Like, I I don't know. I think for a long time I thought about my own kind of childhood in a very idyllic way, and then kind of becoming an adult and and going. Actually, there were things that definitely didn't serve me <laughs> very well as an adult, and you know I've got to unpack that. And I think that was a big turning point for me to kind of figure that out, that I couldn't just, I don't know, coast on who I'd become from my childhood. So, yeah, 
Yeah. And like one of the best things I did was work with a hypnotherapist, uh, mindset coach, like, um, mm. Elliot, Elliot Rose mentor, uh, or sorry, this guy is just under Elliot Rowe. He's on the same team. Oh. Um, and uh, I worked with him. Like a lot of poker players have worked with these guys and you're, you're really just, re- uh, reverse engineering feelings that you have now on or off the poker table back to earlier parts of your life mm. and trying to understand why. And, um, it was, it was one of the best things I've, I've ever done. And, hmm. um, I reckon I've recommended it to a lot of friends and it's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I did a lot, went through a lot of therapy with, with like the drug, uh, issues mm-hmm. when I was younger. And, um, I mean that helped too, but, but, uh, yeah, meditation and um, and hypnotherapy during that time of my life was very very important for me. Um, I, I don't meditate currently, but uh, but yeah, I, I do yoga twice a week, and that's kind of like a uh, meditative right. practice. And when I'm playing poker, it feels like a meditation in a lot of ways. So. Right? Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people who play at a really high level. That it is there's a kind of getting into a zone and really focusing on one thing just the poker for a really long time. Yeah. It very much is just a way for me to escape. And, um, like in a lot of ways using drugs is just escapism the same way that people mm-hmm. lean on food or TV or their phone or just there's, there's all these different forms, forms of escapism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, for me it was, it was drugs and became a problem. So when I, when I got sober, it was just, poker and this is what makes me happy and this is what keeps me clean and this is my way to escape and i just even to this day get so lost in the euphoria of just playing even if it's not the biggest of stakes like as long as i have enough action to Mm. uh in terms of tables to stimulate me, I'm very happy. What do you think it is that, um, cause I know a lot of people, you know, after 10 years, after 15 years or 20 years, they might kind of lose that feeling of euphoria when they're playing. Like, how do you hold on to that? How does that stay a part of your poker? I think, um, about six years ago, I stopped playing at like a really high level, I'd say. And that I, was kind of unfulfilled that I was transitioning into competing versus myself and not competing versus the actual best players that I could play Mm -hmm. against. So now I very much love that. And I, I'm really just there to compete against myself and, and try to play better than I did the day before and try to recover my mind and body better than I did the year before. And just always try to get better. Um, just, yeah, I just, um, I'm like obsessed with the process of getting better, whether that's like, how do I change my diet or who can I work with, Mm -hmm. uh, um, to improve off the table and, and not just, not just like studying. I've never been a big studier. I, I think a lot of, a lot of people just focus too much on like, what are you studying? How much are you studying? But these other areas of your life that that don't really get enough attention mm. from poker pros. I mean, I, I think the top guys really, you'll see them 
focused on getting enough sleep and their diet and exercise and how much sun they're getting and all, all these other areas that help with yeah. performance. That That's like, I'm very obsessed with all that stuff. Hmm. And um, it, it gives me like a singular focus of being driven and uh, not losing, not lose. Like the day that I lose that is when I won't want to play as much. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. When you do look at, you know, top, top players who are, who have been playing for a really long time as well and are successful and still seem very engaged with the game itself. There's like this common thread of they take care of themselves physically and mentally and socially as well. Like there's a, a real focus on, on being kind of the best version of themselves or the healthiest version of themselves. I think there's a lot that we can learn just generally outside of poker with that too. I mean, if you can become that successful at something and if it's, if it's that important to be healthy, to be this successful at poker, then how important is it, you know, just to be successful in our lives as people like on a personal level too. And, and that's something I find really fascinating about looking at, at, players who are playing at a high level or playing just an enormous amount as well. And their focus on health and social health is, I don't know. So is that something that, I mean, if it went away, you would not want to continue to play poker? Like if it didn't kind of feed into this feeling of healthiness and um, happiness, I guess. Yeah, it's, I guess we'll see. I, I don't see myself ever retiring Mm. from poker so when i refer to retiring it would be playing you know once or twice a week maybe three three times a week like i play four days a week now but i play a lot of hours on those four days Mm. so i'm very much still playing full-time and um still loving loving it Mm. um i used to play when i went to like a regimented schedule of playing i was playing five and a half days a week so six days a week but one of those days was a half day Mm -hmm. and then I cut to five days and then I about a year ago I cut to four days and um, that's working best for me now and I I think in the next like three to five years I'm gonna be only playing three days a week and I'll I'll very Mm -hmm. much go super hard on those three days and just like dedicate the entire day to playing as much as possible right Um, I've never been able to really balance too much of my life and poker in a single day very well. Uh-huh. Like it, it, poker just drains me too much. It makes me too tired. It makes me not want to like go do social things after I'm done playing or, or go to the gym. It's just like, it just completely exhausts me. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have these days blocked off that I'm not playing to like get stuff done yeah. And go do things. Right. Yeah. Okay. We're going to switch gears a little bit now and talk about your friendships. What do you value most in a friendship? Um, I, I guess just, uh, loyalty. I mean, and, uh, and not wanting to be friends with me for the wrong reasons. Mm. So like when I won the main, I, I don't, I didn't, really make too many new friends after I was very guarded mm. as to like who I would let in into my life. And I, over the years have kept a lot of the same core friends. Um, of course I've met people through my dog and my kids <laughs> that have become friends 
since I've won. But uh, and and I think selfishly, like I I really just love being friends with other poker players because they think similarly to me and mm-hmm. have um uh, similar passions and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, something I, to be said for being able to understand like a pretty unique lifestyle too that comes with poker. I, I don't know how easily understood it is by people who are working, you know, a completely different type of job. Yeah, I mean, I, we live outside New York City, so I meet a lot of finance people, and there is a there is a big correlation there mm-hmm. and a, and a big connection. So. Um, you can relate to those guys quite a bit, but uh, they're still working in corporate America for the most part, or or working at like private funds, and very much have the uh, nine to five lifestyle naturally because mm-hmm. the market's open during those hours. So you, even even if they're working a lot of hours, they're they're off on the weekends, and I, I'm working right. I'm working on the weekends. So yeah, yeah it's it's different. Okay. Well, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment in life? It can be poker or otherwise. It really, you, it's open to anything. Hmm. Probably being a father, like it, it's been uh, a lot more enjoyable to be a father now with, with two than it was with, with one. I guess I just, it was such a big change with my f- first kid and hmm. I was still trying to juggle like how is this going to change my career and my lifestyle um, and, and having to really puts you on the spot more to, to be more involved and, uh, and help out more. And I, I think I just enjoy like the individual cause it, it's really um, like tag team parenting now where you take one, I take one. Right. Whereas before it's like the three of you and you might like clash a bit on how you want to parent. Like mm, my yeah. wife and I are very similar in how we parent. Um, we're like aligned on a lot of things, but you're never going to be a hundred percent the same as your, yeah. as your part, as your partner with parenting. So it's nice. Like I have one, you have one. And then <laughs> I get to be like the sole parent in that situation. And I've just enjoyed it so much more. And, um, as as tough as it is, it's it's just made me like a much better poker player. Like it, it it's like it's kind of wild. I never would have thought that when I started my family, it would uh, it would help my career yeah. in so many ways. I thought that it would be like a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just made me like a better person, and um, yeah, it's. I'm definitely like most proud of it. Yeah. Well, what would you say is one of your most treasured memories? Do you have kind of like a a mental happy place that you can go to if you ever need to? Yeah, it's really just growing up. um, If I were to take myself into a happy place, it's just like playing outside with friends, playing sports Mm. and just, I grew up in in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids my, my age and we were just always playing outside um, this is like some of my best memories. I, I had really good childhood memories with friends and never, luckily I never got bullied or anything like that. So it was, it was, uh, 
that's where I would take myself if I was in like a meditative state. Right. Okay. Well, if you knew in one year, let's say that you were going to die suddenly, is there anything that you would do to change the way that you're living your life now? No, I mean, I would definitely want to travel more. Um, but that's about it. Like I've, I've thought about that before. Like if anything ever happened to me that I'd be very proud of everything I've done Mm -hmm. and, and, um, like I've, I've done what I love to do for half my life now. And I just, I have no complaints. Nice. (laughs) Uh, there's very much a lot more that I want to do, but, um, yeah, if it was my time, then I would be very fulfilled with what I've done in my life. And like the saddest thing would just be to not see my, my kids grow up. That's like the, so taking care of myself, the whole point is to be around as long as I can for them. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you've dreamed about doing for a long time, but you haven't done yet? I mean, first thing that comes to mind would be traveling. Yeah. Um, so anything in to, particular, like particular spaces that you want to go to? Yeah. So there's two, uh, doing a, a safari trip mm. in South Africa and, um, and going to Japan have been on the list for, for a while and it just won't be able to get there for a bit right. until the kids are older. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. It's a kind of speculative. If there was a crystal ball that could tell you the truth about anything, something that's already happened, um, something from your past, something global, any question, what would you ask it? <laughs> hmm. um, I guess because I've done so much work on, on myself, like, why did I have so many issues with drugs? Like, Mm. was it somewhat hereditary? I don't believe so. I do believe that it can be in certain cases, but, but like I spent so much time trying to find the answers to why do I have this type of personality? Mm -hmm. Um, which, which you can speculate on, but you'll never really know. Um, so I think I have some pretty good ideas, but but I don't know the exact answer. Right. So that would be that would be the question I would ask. Hmm. So how do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Uh, my, my mom's very much my best friend. Oh, like I'll fun. still call, call call her uh multiple times a week whenever I'm alone walking somewhere. Um yeah, she's just like been my rock through everything um with drugs with poker with parenting she's always there so mm-hmm. it, she's the best like mom ever and mm-hmm. i feel like yeah if if uh if there's like yeah she's definitely the most important person in my life right huh have you ever been genuinely terrified um I guess uh, there was one time that I did way too much coke and thought that I was going to die. So that was the most terrifying moment of my life. But um, 
yeah, I guess, I guess that's like the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I've been very scared in other situations. I, I, I was, I was in Vegas when the, um, earthquake happened or the aftershock earthquake happened, um, in 2019. Oh, and that yeah. was, the, I was in the Vidara. Luckily I was only on the sixth floor, but the building was swaying for, for like 45 seconds. And I'm sure people that have experienced earthquakes are like, Oh, that was nothing. But I, it was such a weird experience yeah. and, um, and it really like messed with my head for a while. Huh. Like it was really just, it scared the crap out of me. I mean, I just like got in my, I was laying on the floor, like foam rolling my back when it started. So I think huh. it made it even, even worse because I was rolling my body back and forth and then like the building starts to move and it just like messed with my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a really uh, wild experience, actually. I remember we were, um, well, I was at the World Series. We were doing the broadcast for the main event, and we could see, like, you know, there's the camera rigs above the feature tables, and they're big mm-hmm. and they're heavy, and they have all the lights and those big, like, um, the TV screens and everything so that people can see what the flop is. And they were just wildly moving back and forth. And that was, it was really unsettling. Like, I don't think I would have felt as much as you did on the sixth floor, but just kind of seeing that for someone, especially who grew up in like Northern Alberta, we don't have a ton of earthquakes. So it was really, it was odd. There's that sense of like the world is a really big place and there's a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. we can't control. And this is definitely one of them. The earth is shaking. It's like, (laughs) it's kind of unsettling, right? (laughs) Yeah. I imagine my experience was a lot worse being in a high rise than it would have been on the ground. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I was by myself, staying in Vegas by myself. So I just said like no one to, uh, yeah, just it was, yeah, it was just terrifying. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you and I were going to become good friends, is there something that I would need to know about you? Do you have any like kind of deal breakers with your friends, or are there certain things that I would have to understand about your personality? Yeah, and. I'm not good at reaching out to people mm. to uh, connect, meet up, whatever. Like I've, I've never needed much social interaction to be socially fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the times that I do something for myself to just go hang out with a, a friend or grab lunch or dinner is very infrequent. Mm-hmm. Probably on an unhealthy side, but I, I'm very happy and content just playing poker and hanging out with my family. Right. So um, it's funny, like I, I have dinner set up with a friend tonight, but I can't remember the last time that I, like it's been several months since the last time, I guess it was back in March. Mm. So I get four months ago that I did something like that. Right. But uh, e- even before I had kids, I wasn't really the guy going out socializing very often because I've just been so focused on my career and this is what makes me the most fulfilled and socializing is a very draining experience for me. Mm. I I think part of the reason why I stopped traveling a lot for, for poker is that especially the first couple of years after I won, it's just like so draining to, uh, to deal with, um, all the socializing. Um, and, and, and now, like I, I, uh, I just in, embrace it and enjoy it. Um, it. It is what it is, and if it's gonna 
take away from my energy, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know Negreanu very much feels the same way. Like I've heard him mention it on his vlog that what he has to do every day at the World Series in terms of taking pictures and socializing with all these people is very draining to him. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, when I was younger, I didn't quite understand how much it drained me. And now, now I uh, can like deal with it better. Did you find that just after you won the bracelet the main event that a lot more people were kind of coming up and trying to do photos with you and that kind of thing. Did you kind of have to figure out how to deal with that pretty quickly? Yeah. And I think I have PTSD about pictures because now it's my, my most, one of my most anxiety driven activities when when, like we do family photo shoots or we're doing a photo shoot for uh, like engagement pictures Mm. or wedding, wedding pictures, all these things like, I hate it so much. <laughs> I, I really do. Like, I just hate it so much. Huh. And I hate like the Instagram culture that we live in where mm. everything has to be posted and like, look how great my life is type stuff. Right. Like, I just don't, I, I, uh, yeah, I just, I think a lot of it had to do with, with that part of my life. Not, not that I was like by any means some huge celebrity. I can't imagine. No, but it's a big deal. Like, like winning that. the main event. That's, you know, even if it's just for a couple of years after where people really want to, you know, take a picture with you. Yeah. That's a lot. And I think, I think I won towards the end of the era where people like actually remembered who won and, mm. and it is, maybe I'm being jaded here, but it seems like in the past, let's say five years or so that there's just so many big tournaments now that mm. the main event will still always be special. Um, but someone winning 8 million was just such a big deal 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And now there's so many massive tournaments that, uh, and, and these, these high roller guys are very much glorified <laughs> by, by playing on TV so much that I would say that they're a lot more recognizable than like who won the main event yeah. in, in 2019 or yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, it's just changed and um, like no longer being on ESPN and then mm-hmm. no longer having the November 9. Like, I feel like it's lost a, a little bit of its, um, it's lost its ability to create characters because it kind of huh. like conclude, concludes. Like, you don't really have time as a, as a fan to, to watch the episodes and be like, oh, I'm rooting for this guy when, when the final table happens because yeah. it just, happens all at once. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it does. Like if, it's good like for the integrity I, of the game to play it out straight away, I suppose in a way, although everyone's really tired, but we kind of lose that three months where we got to follow people's lives, you know, send TV crews to their hometown, get to know them. And then all of that made it into the shows. And, you know, Lon and Norman would do all this extra, um, uh, research and find out all of these tiny little details. And a lot of that, there's just no time for that now. And I think that is a bit of a loss. Like, I, I guess it's a, ba- it's a balancing thing. Like it's give and take, but I do miss that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I won today for the first time as just an, like a, a nobody mm. cash game player, my life would not change as much as it did a decade ago. Cause things were just different back then you had less to compete with in terms of people's attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, t- yeah, times have changed. Like, I, I do think that playing it out is probably for the better. Yeah. Um, and I, 
I would have preferred to play it out back then, but I realized that the break was like beneficial for my career if I wanted to go down the uh, like ambassador mm. route of like the business side of poker. Right. Yeah, it was a trade-off definitely for TV versus like the pure poker of it all. And I don't know where that mm-hmm. line needs to get drawn. I guess we just have to keep redrawing it every couple of years to try to make it as fair as possible. Because if you look at it, you know, poker and the main event and the World Series are as big as they are in part because of the TV coverage and, you know, the attention that gets drawn to it and, you know, the moneymaker era and all of that. But then, I mean, the poker is what we're watching, so it has to be respected. So... Yeah. Hmm. It's just really difficult now to build stories around people um, and and create new stars in the game unless, unless they're just crushing and constantly on camera. It's tough to, uh, to find Hmm. newer, newer like stories. Yeah. And I think the last couple of years probably hasn't helped because, you know, there was the hybrid online offline year. And then there was a year where a lot of Europeans weren't able to travel until the very last minute. And then everyone came over and played the last day one. And, you know, that kind of makes it a little more difficult too. Like it's, it feels like it's been, you know, like the, the, there's that little hiccup in the middle, I guess. So how was the kind of lockdown time and all of that for you? I, I imagine, you know, you're with your family, you're not really missing, I guess, the social interaction, as you've said, that's not really something that drives you. Yeah, I felt like I was built for lockdown. So <laughs> I was, re- I was, I was ready to lock down and, uh, it was interesting because I had just started playing um, maybe f- five to eight hours less a week mm-hmm. um, going into that year. And that quickly went away where like there was so much action um, mm-hmm. that I was pl- playing a lot. And in a way it was, it was great. Like I could just start playing at 7am and play six or seven hours straight and then be done for the day because I had, there was just so many games running all the time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I say like the hardest part during that time was when my wife got COVID, my wife got COVID October, 2020. Mm. And there was so much, there was still so much unknown back then. And you're already living in this, this anxious world anytime you're outside of your home. Yeah. That when you're home, you feel safe. And then when the virus is in your home, you're like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I was ever scared of dying from it, but I certainly didn't want to get it, especially with how good the poker games were. I didn't want to be <laughs> sidelined for two weeks and like not like no one wants to get sick, right? No, so, exactly. I think we kind of forget um, that a little bit. Like when people are like, oh, it's just a cold. Well, it's not for a lot of people, but it's also like who wants to get sick for 10 days? Exactly. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, so it, it, it was, uh, it made me realize how much I missed playing hmm. in person and, and wanted, it, I think it sped up my, uh, urge to get back to playing some more live tournaments hmm. by like several years. I mean, because <laughs> it, it really burnt me out on the computer grind because because I stopped traveling for poker in 2016 and it just been back to playing full-time online and just not ever getting out there. Right. And, and it has just been, at the beginning of this year, I played the Florida WPT 
and just I had so much fun. I didn't even make day two, and I was like, "This is great! Like, I can't <laughs> wait to go to Vegas and play." Um, and yeah, I just I'm very much back to uh, enjoying playing the tournaments. And nice. I think I've spent too much of my career focused on the the bottom line of what's my hourly, what's my ROI, what's the best use of my time mm. to like max out my uh, my monetary EV, but but I, if I enjoy playing a live tournament, then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do that. Like it might not be the best use of my time when I'm playing poker in terms of making money, mm-hmm. but if I'm gonna enjoy playing this event, then I, that's what I. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Like, so, I, I had no FOMO of the computer when I was in Vegas this year. Honestly, <laughs> for the first time. So, uh, I, yeah, this summer was the most fun I've had playing poker during the series, uh, obviously other than like, it's hard to ever beat sun running and like winning tournaments. Right. But, uh, but truly like I just had so much fun going to play every day. It was, it was awesome. Hmm. On that note, I hate to bring it down a level, but the next question is when was the last time you cried either in <laughs> front of someone else or by yourself? Um, I mean, it's been a while. I, I'm definitely like a very emotional person, but um, yeah, I, I mean, probably when my daughter was born, um, which was November of last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've cried since then. Nope, I lied. My uh, <laughs> my wife made me this like two and a half minute compilation video of oh. my... Uh, for my 10 year sobriety anniversary of like all, all these different friends and families saying like, congratulations wow. and stuff. And it was just like, so cool. I, and it just was so like, I figured she would do something, but I never saw that coming. And it was, it was like best gift I've ever had in my life. And um, Damn. actually Lon and Norm were, were on there too. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> they get yeah. everywhere, man. Everywhere. Yeah. Wow. That's a hell of a gift. That was like several minutes of crying. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Wow. Have you gone yeah. back and watched it again a few times? I watched it, I think, twice that day and then not, never again since. Wow. So I'll just watch it each year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a little too heavy to watch. Mm, yeah, I can imagine. Wow. All right. Well, speaking of heavy, um, one of our last questions. If you were to die this evening without the opportunity to communicate with anyone, is there anything that would go left unsaid? Um, no, not really. I mean, I lost a very close friend right before the pandemic to an overdose that we had had a, a falling out for a couple of years mm-hmm. that we weren't really talking much over some very petty stuff. And it just puts it into perspective that anyone in your life that you're holding a grudge against or viewing somewhat negatively can just never really bring any positivity to your life. Mm. So there are very few people I had any issues with. I reached out to and I cleared the air with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's just made my life just a lot better. Like I just, I don't really hold any hate towards people and uh, 
yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, it just puts a lot more perspective on what matters when you lose someone so suddenly that um, was such an important part of your life for so many years. Mm -hmm. I'm Um, sorry for your loss. That is, yeah. Yeah. uh, It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty tough, especially because it being a drug overdose, Mm -hmm. like that, that could like, why him? Why wasn't that me? That type of stuff goes through my head. Right. Um, Cause he was by no means a drug addict as far as I know. So it was just very, uh, very um, unlucky and tra- and like a tragic ending to his life. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what do you think is going to be next for you? You've just had this kind of amazing summer in Las Vegas. You've rediscovered your love of live poker. You're a dad two times over. Um, so what do you think comes next for you? I mean, a lot of the same stuff. I, I want to go to the um, uh, PSPC in Bahamas in January. So that's that would be the next poker trip. Um, if they had stuff on the Northeast, I would love to go to, but there really isn't anything uh, to play anymore like Borgata lost their WPTs and stuff. Like I really only want to play WSOP and WPTs. And I, I don't have too much interest in traveling for like EPT stuff unless I want to go to the mm. city because I haven't been there. Um, so uh, as far as poker, that's that's where we're looking. Um, for, for the dad life grind, uh, my wife wants to have another kid. Oh, wow. I don't know if we'll, if we'll do that or not, but I not, I don't have to make, we don't have to make that decision tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're, we're closing on a new place in the next like month or so. So once we, once we get in there, we'll have like a better idea of whether we want to add to the family or <laughs> not. And, um, yeah, just grinding online, doing what I love, nice. <laughs> living the simple life. It sounds like you got it all figured out. That's pretty cool. No, you never do, but uh, I definitely have enjoyed my 30s mm. more than my 20s. Like, I might not feel the same in terms of mental uh, clarity or, or like, uh, how sharp I feel mm-hmm. as I did in my 20s, but the experience, the life experience and just being in gamble. Like, I've been playing full-time for 15 years, and just, like, you can't make up for that experience, even if the younger kid next to me is much better than me. Technically mm. there's like things that I've, that I'm doing or that, that I can do that can help close the gap on them being like an actual better poker player than me on the table. Right. So it's, um, yeah, I just enjoy, I enjoy it so much. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and doing this. I appreciate you being so open for like any questions asked. Yeah, I, I love it, and uh, it's, it's very therapeutic for me. So Good. it's like nice to uh, nice to be on. I'm happy that you asked me. Oh, it's just great to be able to understand people kind of in a different way. I think and actually dig underneath a little bit of the the cards and and all of that. So yeah, I really appreciate it. And also, everyone who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. I hope that you all feel like you know the person behind the cards even better now. And join me next time on the Heart of Poker, sponsored by Eight 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 Poker. 